Hey, podcast listeners, thanks for streaming today's podcast from Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory is a nonprofit ministry featuring the Bible teaching of Dr. Robert Jeffress. Our mission is to pierce the darkness with the light of God's Word through the most effective media available, like this podcast. To support Pathway to Victory, go to ptv.org podcast and click the donate button or follow the link in our show notes. Now, here's today's podcast from Pathway to Victory. This is Robert Jeffers. In response to the horrific attack on Israel, I've written a brand new book called Are We Living in the End Times? Go to ptv.org to order your copy. Satan has inspired human leaders to try to take out the nation of Israel. Now you're probably thinking, what in the world has this to do with the end times? I thought we were studying the end times. What does this have to do with the end times? Everything because the end times are about God fully fulfilling His promise to Israel. Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor, Dr. Robert Jeffress. Someone has once said, if you want to know where we are on God's timeline for the future, just look at what is happening in Israel. The nation of Israel is God's prophetic alarm clock. Today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress explains why, when it comes to end times, It all begins and ends with Israel. Now, here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and welcome again to Pathway to Victory. If your family is anything like mine, then I know that your vacation time is extremely valuable. You can't do everything. And all of us need to make wise choices about how we spend our time and resources. Well, I can guarantee that you will never regret joining us for the unforgettable Pathway to Victory cruise to Alaska. The dates are June 15th through 22nd. Now, ships are sailing to Alaska throughout the summer. But the one we're planning for you is a uniquely Christian vacation. We'll have with us musical guests like Rebecca St. James and Michael O'Brien. We'll enjoy the comedy of Dennis Swanberg. And there's plenty of time set aside for you to explore the great frontier with your family and with other like-minded believers. Please, while there's still space available, be sure to reserve your spot on the 2024 Pathway to Victory Cruise to Alaska. You can find out all the information and reserve your spot by going to ptv.org. Now, every once in a while, shocking events take place in our world that rattle our confidence. And back in October, our beloved nation of Israel was egregiously attacked. Countless thousands have joined Pathway to Victory in praying for our friends in Israel. I've never received so many questions about the implications of this brutal attack. Many people are asking, Pastor Jeffress, are we living in the end times? What you're about to hear is a message I delivered just a few weeks ago. In addition, I wrote a book that addresses this question. It's titled, Are We Living in the End Times? And when you follow our instructions at the close of today's program, we'd be happy to send you a copy. But right now, let's get to the subject at hand. I titled today's message, What Role Will Israel Play in the End Times? On October the 7th, 2023, 3,000 Hamas terrorists, most of whom were trained in Iran, launched a terrorist attack against the nation of Israel, slaughtering hundreds of innocent people, seriously wounding and traumatizing thousands more. Although the scope and the time of the attack were a surprise, the fact that Israel was being attacked was no surprise. 
Israel has been under attack for more than 3,500 years by those who would seek to, like Iran, wipe it off the face of the earth. Have you ever stopped to wonder why there is such hatred for Israel, for the Jewish people? It doesn't really make sense when you look at it logically. Why is it Iran wants to wipe Israel from the face of the earth? Why do people hate the Jewish people? Why is it right now in our own country, we have hundreds of thousands of people protesting against Israel in support of those who behead babies and burn men, women, and children alive? How do you explain that kind of insanity? You'll never understand it until you understand what we're going to talk about today, the spiritual reason that Israel is under attack. You see, 4,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, God said to a man named Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of a great nation. It is a nation that is going to be a human object lesson of my power, my glory, my holiness, my love, my faithfulness. It is a nation that, unlike any other nation in the world, has the promise of endurance. This nation is going to live forever. Do you realize, ladies and gentlemen, no other nation has the promise of endurance? The United States of America doesn't have that promise. We'll be lucky to make it through next year, much less the next decade. But Israel is going to be here forever. God made that promise. He made it publicly. Well, since that time, Satan decided to launch an attack to try to destroy God's credibility by destroying the Jewish people. And throughout history, Satan has inspired human leaders to try to take out the nation of Israel. In the Old Testament, it was Pharaoh. In the New Testament, Herod. In history, uh, the Greek era, 167 BC, it was Antiochus Epiphanes. In the 1940s, it was Adolf Hitler. These were all satanically inspired leaders who were trying to nullify the promise of God. But all of these Satan-inspired leaders were simply forerunners of the final and the greatest enemy Israel will ever face. He is the world leader we call Antichrist. And during the last three and a half years of Earth's history, Antichrist will launch an attack against Israel like the world has never seen. But much to his dismay, that attack will culminate in the return of Jesus Christ, who will slay the enemies of God's people forever and ever. That day is coming. And you will never understand the end times until you understand God's plan for Israel. When it comes to the end times, it truly begins and ends with Israel. And that's what we're talking about today. What role Israel plays in the end times? If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 12. You know, you can divide the Bible into two parts. You say, well, pastor, that's kind of something everybody knows. The Old Testament, the New Testament. No, you can divide the Bible into two parts. Genesis chapters 1 through 11 is part one of the Bible. It's a story of man's alienation from God. God created man, created him perfectly, put him in the garden. Man rebelled against God and moved further and further and further away from God till you get to Genesis 11, the ultimate rebellion, the Tower of Babel. That's part one of the Bible, man's alienation from God. Part two of the Bible, 
starts with Genesis chapter 12 and goes all the way to Revelation 22. It's the story of God's reconciliation with man. Even though we moved away from God, God took the first step to redeem us, to reconcile with us. And that first step started with the call of a man named Abraham. He was the beginning point of God's reconciliation with man. Now, let's look at the setting. The setting of God's call to Abraham takes place in Ur of the Chaldees. Ur was a metropolitan city in the Mesopotamian Valley on the Persian Gulf. It was a port city, much like New York or Los Angeles today. But the thing that Ur was known most for was it was a center for idol worship. It was known for making idols. In fact, Abraham's father, Terah, was a worshiper and a maker of idols. And we can only imagine and surmise that Abraham followed in his father's footsteps. The Bible tells us Abraham was an idol worshiper. By the way, that reminds us that God doesn't choose us on the basis of our goodness. God didn't look down from heaven and say, I'm gonna look for one person who doesn't worship idols and choose him. No, Abraham was a worshiper of idols just like every other person. And by the way, God didn't choose you for salvation because of your goodness. Your being chosen by God had to do with his grace and his grace alone. God out of grace chose to call Abraham. Now look at Genesis 12:1. Now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. Underline that word land. He was saying to Abraham, I want you to uproot your family. I want you to leave everyone and everything familiar to you to a land that I will show you. Why? Here's the covenant. Look at verse two. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you I will curse. And in in, in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Well, you notice the three components of this promise, this covenant God made with Abraham. First of all, it began with the land. Go to the land that I will show you. You can't have a nation without a land for that nation to inhabit. And God said, I've got a piece of real estate picked out just for you that will be the place of your new nation. Now, we know what the boundaries of that nation will be, because in Genesis 15, 18 through 21, and Ezekiel 47, God outlines the boundaries, the borders of this new nation he was going to create. It's interesting, that outline is much larger than what Israel is inhabiting today. Today, it's only a fraction of what God promised. In the times of David and Solomon, they possessed the greatest amount of land, but never in Israel's history had they possessed all of the land that God had planned for them. Ladies and gentlemen, every conflict in the Middle East can be traced back to this question. Who is the rightful owner of that piece of real estate? God talked about in Genesis 15 and Ezekiel 37. That's what the conflict is. Now, I hear ad nauseum just like you do. This lie that comes from the left and people like parrots just repeated over and over again. It's the lie that Israel didn't come into existence until 1948. 75 years ago. And when they came into existence, those bad Israelis stole land from these poor Palestinians. 
And Israel is nothing but a usurper. It is an occupier, occupied territory of Israel. That violates not only what the Bible teaches us, but that lie violates what history teaches us. Let me remind you, Israel did not begin 75 years ago. They began 4,000 years ago with God's promise to Abraham. And just look at history. I mean, 3,500 years ago, 430 years uh, uh, after Abraham, remember God raised up Moses to be the leader of the Exodus. The Israelites were in Egypt in bondage, and uh, Moses led them out of Egypt. Where? They were headed someplace to possess that land that God had promised. And even though they had taken a 40-year detour in the desert, Joshua led them 3,500 years ago into the promised land. That's Israel, the land that God had promised to them. Hundreds of years after that, King David was in Israel. He was in Jerusalem. He established Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. How do we know David was there in 1000 BC? Because archaeology tells us that. The excavations at the city of David and other places have proven that there was a king named David and the Jews were in Jerusalem in 1000 BC. That is 3,000 years ago. And today, you see the same question. Who really owns this land? Now, you're hearing people propose, they've been proposing this since 1948. Well, we need a two-state solution, and that will solve the problem. A two-state solution. Why can't those Israelis learn how to share? They ought to just share the land with these Palestinians. You know why they don't do it? Because God said, don't you dare do it. In Joel chapter three, verse two, listen to what God the Almighty said. He said, I will enter into judgment against those who divide up my land. Anybody who divides the land is on the wrong side of history and on the wrong side of God. God said, this is my land and it belongs to my people. The promise was a land. It also, secondly, God promised a nation. He said, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and so you shall be a blessing. And he goes on to say, I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you, I will curse. Now, I need to stop here and answer a very important question. God made this promise to Abraham and his descendants. Who are the rightful descendants of Abraham to whom this land belongs? Let's remember a little bit of history here. Abraham was 75 years old when God made this promise to Abraham. He had no children. Sarah was 65. They had no children. And uh, uh, it's hard to be the father of many when you're not the father of one. But the Bible says, Abraham, even though all evidence was to the contrary, Abraham believed God and his faith was counted as righteousness. And so Abraham took the promise literally. He packed up at 75 and went to uh, the promised land. Fast forward 10 years, Abraham is now 85. Sarah is 75 and there is no child anywhere. And yet Abraham still believed God. The only problem was he didn't feel like God was capable of pulling off this promise by himself. So you remember what happened. He and Sarah hatched this plan to let Abraham sleep with another woman, with one of the slave girls they brought from Egypt named Hagar. And Hagar conceived 
And the next year when Abraham was 86, her son was born. Abraham's son, his name was Ishmael. Now, every Arab I know, every Muslim I know traces their heritage to Ishmael. They are Abraham's child through Ishmael. Ishmael was born when Abraham was 86. For the next 13 years, Abraham never heard a word from God about anything. He had to wonder, well, where are the many you promised? I've got one, but where are the many? When Abraham was 99 years old, Genesis 17, God spoke to Abraham again. He said, remember that promise I made to you when I was 75? that I'm gonna make you the father of a great nation. I'm still gonna keep that promise, but I'm going, I'm gonna keep the promise to make you the father of a great nation. And at that point, remember what Abraham said? Oh, thank you, God. May Ishmael live forever before you. He thought the promise was coming through Ishmael. God said, no. Look at Genesis 17, verses 20 and 21. Here's the basis for the conflict in the Middle East. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I will bless him, and I will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall become the father of 12 princes, and I will make him a great nation. God said, I am going to bless your son Ishmael and all of his descendants. The Arab people today have been blessed by God. Look at that mound of oil they're sitting on over there. God has definitely blessed Ishmael and Ishmael's descendants. But, verse 21, my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at the season next year. The Bible says, yes, I'm blessing Ishmael, but this promise, Abraham, I've made to you of a land, a seed, and a blessing, it's not going through Ishmael. It's coming to you through this son, Isaac, who is going to be the inheritor of this promise. The promise that God made to Abraham belongs to Isaac and his descendants, the Jewish people. And for 3,000 years, the Conflict has been, who is the rightful inheritor of this blessing? Is it Ishmael? Is it Isaac? The Muslims say it's Ishmael. They say God made the covenant between Abraham and Ishmael. No, the scripture says it is Isaac who will be born next year. And ever since that time, every nation that has come against Abraham and his descendants through Isaac has been judged by God. Just look at the Old Testament. Doesn't matter whether you're talking about the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Canaanites, or any other ites. Everybody who went against Israel has been destroyed, and you can't find a remnant of them anywhere. Look at the nation of Greece, the Greek Empire. It was the ruler of the world until 167 BCs, and I... Antiochus Epiphanes desecrated the temple of God in Jerusalem. Greece was overtaken by Rome. The Roman Empire was unlike anything the world has ever seen until 70 AD when they destroyed the holy temple in Jerusalem. And today the Roman Empire is but dust. I look at the United States of America and what is happening here. I believe one reason, the main reason God has blessed the United States is because we have blessed and supported the nation of Israel. And these people who are speaking against Israel, they are endangering the future of our country. We had a former president of the United States who last week said he's not picking sides in this conflict 
with Israel and between Israel and Palestine. Not picking sides. What side is there that supports beheading babies and burning people alive? What a disgrace that is for any American to say such a thing. Mike Evans, my good friend here, the founder of the Friends of Zion, he was there the day we dedicated the embassy in Jerusalem, and it was a historic day. And in my opening prayer, I said, with the Jewish officials seated right there in front of me, God has blessed America because of America's support for Israel. And when you support Israel, you are not only on the right side of history, you are on the right side of God. May America stand firm in her commitment to God's chosen people. God said, I'm going to make you a great nation. He promised a land, a nation. Thirdly, God promised a blessing. Look at this in verse three. In you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now, people have wondered, what is that worldwide blessing that would come through Israel? We don't have to wonder about it or speculate about it. God is very clear that worldwide blessing was a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who offers salvation to anyone of any nation who believes. How do I know that? Look at what the Word of God says in Galatians 3, verses 6 through 8. Even so, Paul writes, Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Therefore, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are the sons of Abraham. The Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to whom? to Abraham, saying, all the nations will be blessed in you. Paul said that promise of a worldwide blessing, God was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to Abraham. That is the worldwide blessing. Now, I want you to notice something in verse 7 that's very important to understand. Paul says, be sure that it is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. The people to whom this Abrahamic covenant applies are Jews, yes, but it is believing Jews, believing Jews. You don't get to be an inheritor of the Abrahamic covenant by just being a physical descendant of Abraham. You know who said that? Jesus. Jesus in John 8 was talking to the Pharisees and they prided themselves on being Abraham's physical descendants. He said, no. No, you have to be a spiritual descendant of Abraham. That's what Paul is saying here. It is those who are of faith who are sons of Abraham. When Paul says all Israel will be saved, he's talking about all believing Israel. God has a special promise for Israel. It's not the same promise as the church. It's a unique promise, but it's for believing Israel that these promises apply. I can't think of a more relevant and pressing question than this one. What role will Israel play in the end times? And I'm hoping that today's message whets your appetite to learn even more. We'll spend the entire program on Tuesday addressing this important topic in greater detail. 
Your curiosity about Bible prophecy doesn't have to stop here, because Pathway to Victory provides a number of resources that help you dig deeper on your own. For example, I've written a brand new book that's already become a bestseller. I chose a question for the title of my book, Are We Living in the End Times? And the subtitle is Biblical Answers to Seven Questions About the Future. I want to send you a copy of my book, but this is a limited time offer, so please respond right away. The book can be yours when you include a generous gift to advance the mission of Pathway to Victory. Did you realize that Pathway to Victory has established a way to recognize and honor those who give to this ministry on a monthly basis? We call them our Pathway Partners. I'm deeply grateful to this family of friends because they provide us stability and predictability about our income that's extremely powerful. Well, I'd like to invite you to become a Pathway Partner today. Behind the scenes, we're asking God to stir in the hearts of people like you so that we might add 1,200 new Pathway Partners this month. Now, this is an audacious goal, but we believe God may be prompting people like you to join with us. Signing up is very simple when you go to ptv.org or just follow the instructions that David will provide right now. Thanks for your generous spirit. Together as partners, God is using our collective gifts to pierce the darkness with the light of His Word. David? Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. You know, it's easy to automate your monthly giving when you go online to ptv.org or when you call 866-999-2965. And when you sign up to become a Pathway Partner or when you give a one-time generous gift to support Pathway to Victory, We'll say thanks by sending you the brand new book by Dr. Jeffress titled, Are We Living in the End Times? And when your investment is $75 or more, we'll also send you the complete unabridged collection of audio and video discs for the teaching series, Are We Living in the End Times? Plus, you'll receive a helpful reference book called The End Times Illustrated. Here's that number to call, 866-999-2965, or go to ptv.org. You could write to us if you'd like. Here's that mailing address. P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. Again, that's P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. I'm David J. Mullins, inviting you back next time when Dr. Jeffress presents Part 2 of the message, What Role Will Israel Play in the End Times? That's Tuesday here on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas. You made it to the end of today's podcast from Pathway to Victory, and we're so glad you're here. Pathway to Victory relies on the generosity of loyal listeners like you to make this podcast possible. One of the most impactful ways you can give is by becoming a Pathway Partner. Your monthly gift will empower Pathway to Victory to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and help others become rooted more firmly in His Word. To become a Pathway Partner, go to ptv.org podcast and click on the Donate button or follow the link in our show notes. We hope you've been blessed by today's podcast from Pathway to Victory.